And with that opening crackle, I'd like to welcome everybody to episode two of the uh, the, the Ketamine Chronicles. Uh, we're, we're back once again, um, back for your entertainment, <laughs> amongst other things, to, uh, to, to really give you the meat and bones, the meat and bones of this episode once again. And, uh, you know, we're going to start off by thanking our uh, substance of the day today. Uh, to be specific, it's going to be some White Claw Hard Seltzer. Uh, these are clementines, but we also got mangoes in the float. So don't you think we're getting tangerine-specific? Ah, I'm sure that's going to make the DSing hard in post, but we're not going to think about it. We're not going to think about that at all. But we are going to think about is getting to our main topic points. Um, and, you know, as I said in the previous podcast, you know, we're, we're following along to some degree with... With with Andrew's podcast to a bit, you know, like like I listened to his I listened to episode uh, what was it two three and four tonight, um, which was quite a lot. But I also realized I have a lot of podcasts to go through, um, and you know one of the talking points that I really want to touch on, um, and it, it's something I am going to touch on, is you know Andrew's talking point of love, um, and, and there's there's a lot to that, and there's a lot there, and I think that's. That's something that we have to explore in the Ketamine Chronicles because I think you know such a large portion of my um, my my mental state, my depression, you know, you name it. I think it comes from that the, the, that essence of love and uh, nostalgia and you know love from family, love romantically, you know, the the multiple ways we love as a human. Um, and you know, I think we need to get right into the beaten bones of that. And um, you know, love, it's always been a hard thing for me in my life, you know, it's, it's never been something that's easy, and I, I think that it spurs a lot from my father, right, he, he's, you know, he's an older man, um, nowadays in his late 60s, uh, grew up, you know, in the mid to late 50s, and, um, he's got old mindsets, you know, he's set in his ways, he's an old military man, he does his things like he does, um, and, you know, in that way of life, you, you, you really don't get a lot in terms of emotional support. You know, even as a child, you, you, you really do miss out on a lot that I think the average parent gives out. And I'm not trying to diss him. You know, he's, he's a great father. I, I really do genuinely think he is. But I think because of that, you know, way of life, it, it just put me at this, I don't want to say disadvantage even. It was just this this different way of life, this different way of loving things, this, this different show of emotion, and I think to some degree that that in and of itself may have put my my mental state at a disadvantage. And you know, um, to to really get specific on that, you know, let's break down a portion of my childhood, shall we? And uh, the portion I'd like to break down is being you know getting home from school. Um, for the longest time, it, it consisted of get home from school, do your homework, eat dinner, like like that. That that was the set guideline. Go to bed. Like that's that's just what happened and what occurred every single day for years on years. And you know, usually there was some kind of so something was watched. You know, like there there was some cinema being played. There 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 was something occurring in the background while we ate or. Um, you know, e even after we ate, <laughs> there there was also something occurring in the background, and the majority of the time that was cinema. You know, it was television, 
Um, and I found, you know, that was the area that me and my father could silently bond on. You know, it, it was this thing we could just sit here and exist and experience. And we didn't have to talk about it. We didn't have to get all lovey-feely. It just happened, you know. And then it was this thing we could relate on, this portion of our day that was similar. It, it was the one way that we truly bonded. And I think that's where my, my love for for the arts and you know for cinema and for these these creative passions that we all have I, th- I think that's where it comes from is this this level of comfort and real, like family love and you know what I mean like that that's that's where that comes from for me um, it comes from cinema because that's the the one thing I could truly bond with him about you know watching these old reruns of you know gunslinger or what you know whatever black and white cowboy tv show was on or mash god don't get me started on mash um that's 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 where the world really opened up for me you know that 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 was my interlude into to the complicated multi-stepped thing we call love and you know there there's so many ways to love and I, i find myself you know in my older life Uh, at the age I'm at now, uh, moving away from, you know, the the kind of love we we associate with and find as a child and moving more towards the kind of love we associate with and find, you know, as you get older, you know, just as I age, that's just how it works for everybody. You know, you move away from, you know, wanting the love and attention of your mother, father, grandmother, grandma, you know, whoever it may be in your life to wanting the attention, love, and admiration of your significant other. And, you know, I think that transition's a little different for everybody, and I think when you have that kind of distance and repressed show of emotion as a child, it kind of carries over later in life, and it makes me wonder. You know, um, on yesterday, well... At this point, technically yesterday's podcast, I'll just call it the last podcast. Um, you know, I, I made it a touching point that um, I talked about, you know, my, my, my daily routines, my daily habits, and how, you know, this, this random girl that I'd gone to high school with had become one of these daily routines and one of these daily habits. And, you know, part of me wants to say this, if I'm being truthful, part of me just wants to say this. So on the off chance I ever show this to anybody I know, and on the off chance this ever makes it back to her, um, she can hear, like, my horrible, shitty explanation, and maybe she'll be like, oh, well, <laughs> maybe it's a little more worth talking to you. Or so, I don't know, some bullshit like that, you know, as we all do, trying to, you know, go through the, the five stages of grief slash rejection, um, which, ah, God, you know, I really don't even know what it is, but, you know, if she's hearing it, um, I'm sure she knows, you know, what's going on in her. Well, uh, you know, we're just going to stop talking on that matter. We're going to get to <laughs> what I was actually trying to say about that same subject matter. Um, you know, which was really the thought process, because I think yesterday it, it left it off too open-ended. Um, and, and I want to get a little more specific about it. <clears throat> because what I was, you know, really trying to get down to is I, I find myself caught in that routine, you know, caught in focusing on... this whole thing of texting this girl that I had randomly gone to high school with and I couldn't stop thinking about it you know even now you know that's that's why I'm making it such a 
a large point at the very start of this podcast because I just can't stop thinking about it. And to some degree, it's almost, I guess, become an obsession in my mind to some degree. You know, I guess if you're taking it by the, the Webster Dictionary, um, even though we only talk like once or twice a day, you know, like it's, it's just it's on my mind. Um, and, you know, I always catch myself trying not to, to text her or double, <laughs> double snap her. Um, and I, I guess yesterday's p- podcast, what I, what I more so meant to say on it was, you know, what if the only reason I like her is because I, I don't know who she is. You know, it's this, when, you know, your mind continues to restrict yourself to this, this limited zone of comfort, because that's what you're used to, then maybe part of your mind likes to dance with the dangerous, you know, dance with the uncomfortable. And, you know, that's, that's just the thing. I don't know who she is. You know, we talk every day. We're, we're best friends on Snapchat. But I don't know who she is. And I, I think that's what, what, what makes me want it even more. Is, you know, like, mentally speaking, me thinking about this as often, you know, I'm able to build these thought... Ah, I gotta stop saying thought processes. That, that, that was my biggest takeaway of listening to Podcast One, which, by the way, was posted raw and unedited. I mean, I literally, I recorded that thing and then posted it. Um, and that's that's how I'd like these podcasts to go, because I think that's how you get the, the, the true unedited emotion. Um, but, wow, I really just sent it yesterday. And that's that's not the kind of loop and re- you know repetition I'm trying to go on again. Um, but what I am trying to say is, you know, I... I find myself really, really genuinely liking this girl, and once again, I really don't know her, and it's, you know, part of me makes me, makes me think, you know, is this really all just this orchestrated perfect reality within my mind of who this person may be, um, and maybe part of me even feels held back to talk to her, you know, maybe that's part of me, you know, maybe part of the reason why we only talk once to twice a day, maybe that's on me, and maybe even more so, that's on me, because, you know, I just want to feel held into this blissful ignorance that I have, this, this blissful image, this blissful incorrection of who she may be, that, that solely occurs in my mind, you know, what, what if none of that is real, what if, you know, he, she is a person of who I think she is, you know, doesn't exist, and it's just this thing that I have, made myself, you know, catch feelings for, um, and I, I genuinely don't know what to think about it, you know, it was something that I had put a lot of thought into before this podcast, this podcast had just come with a lot of thought, um, after my last one, you know, after hearing feedback from a lot of the viewers, um, after listening to it, (laughs) genuinely listening to it for myself, I listened to it, God, it was six, eight times, um, I, I took a lot away from it, a lot, a lot away from the amount of repetition on that first episode, a lot away from, um, at times my lack of inflection even, um, and, and just the, the, the boredom of the chat, you know, I feel like at, at times there, there was no motion in the chat and it was more so just my drunken self looping back into this repetitive state. And that's something I wanted to avoid this episode, which is why I'm, I'm trying to, to spread out to so many of these topics and why some things might sound like a little bit of a stretch, but if you follow with me here, I, you know, I can, I can promise there's an end to all of this. Um, uh, hell, I can promise there's an eight episode end to all of this, but 
the, this kind of orchestrated reality, you know, I, I wonder if that comes from the, the portion of my mind that, that, that finds comfort in, you know, cinema. Um, because, I, you know, I, I find that cinema doesn't truly grasp you until you, you start dr- daydreaming about it itself, you know. Uh, you'll be watching a TV show, and yeah, that TV show takes it in. But you're not really binging, you know. You're not really into that TV show until you start like living for that TV show, you know, where you start you start thinking about the possibilities of what could happen to these characters. You know, you're able to romanticize the experience that is watching that show and make it into something more than it actually is. And you know, that's something that makes me wonder: Am I dragging that over from one part of my life to another? As you know. I grow as a person and as my definition of love moves over from one to another and it's something I find myself caught up with and asking myself quite a lot you know <laughs> am I out here being insane um, is this a rational thought uh, a lot of it you know <laughs> and um, there, there, you know there's there's another point that, that Andrew hit on that I, I thought was really interesting um, was his point that, you know, love, it's, it's this thing that needs to be treated so carefully because once it's treated wrongly or once you feel like you're unfairly in it, you have such an issue. So, so many reservations with saying you are, um, and I think, I think that's true in of myself to some degree. It originally was something I disagreed with, but I, th- I think to some degree it's even true. Um, because, you know, I, I had these, this, this line of rejection and this line of, e- even if it wasn't like an immediate rejection, you know, even if it, it just ended up with the, the relationship involving some cheating or if, you know, anything else had gone down, you know, in the end it was that, that rejection of wanting to be with that person, that that needing to accept in your life that hey, this person genuinely has you know no need or want for you, and you need to accept the fact that you are completely and utter, utterly unusable to this person, and um, you know I I think that really is the hardest thing for a lot of us to say. I know everyone always likes to say you know I I, I want them to be happy, you know I want whatever makes them happiest, but do you? Like, do you genuinely, and do you really? Like, on the surface, I'm going to say that. You know, there, there's never a day where I'm going to look somebody in the eyes and be like, you know, hi, my name is Gollum, and you're my precious, and I want you to my own. You know, I'm always going to say, you know, do what makes you happy. And for the most part, I'm going to try to make my actions align with that, because at the end of the day, I know that's what's right. Um, but on the inside, you know, there, there's that, 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 simple, that simple nag that... That little bit of yourself that goes, eh, are, are you really doing what's what's right for you? You know, because you don't want to be hurting your own self-interest. That's, that's nothing anybody genuinely wants to do. And yet, love is the one subject and standpoint of our life where for some reason we're able to tout the line for someone else. Um, because there's this, like, community want and this community need for non-self-interest and for for you to be genuinely committed to the self-interest of someone else and I just don't know if that's actually a realistic thought process to have or even a realistic thought process to hold people to 
you know, is that not just human nature to want what's best for yourself? And is that not actually what's best? You know, if everybody advocated for what's best for themselves, um, would that to some degree equal out? I'm not even saying politically. I'm just saying, you know, for yourself, like genuinely, you know, um, who wants to say that? Hey, Chad, you know, go, go fuck my girlfriend. You know, nobody wants to say that. And I think love really is that 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 visceral thing that that connects us all to this planet and that connects us all to life i mean you look at any animal that's you know really to some degree self-aware really to to any degree intelligent you know they're, they're animals that involve that that love connection and that that love you know even be it maternal be it paternal um or romantically and you know, I think human beings are, are no different. Um, I think more so some than others, you know, I've always been the kind of person, you, you know, through, throughout how many philosophy classes, um, to always kind of gravitate towards that, that, that romantical philosophy of life that, you know, love really is the, the most important catalyst of it all. And without that, you know, none of us would be here and there'd be nothing to this whole grand scheme we call life. And I, I think that's completely accurate, you know, I, I genuinely do. Um, but at the same time, I think you need to hold yourself back to some degree, you know. If, if we're really breaking it down to, to this current person, you know, um, they were super upfront, like, like super genuinely upfront about what they want. And that's why I'm not complaining. Like, like, don't take this as a complaint. Don't take this as, you know... To the outside viewer, you know, you don't don't take this as <laughs> me bitching about it. I'm not, you know. She she was very upfront about what she wanted, um, and I was very upfront about my accepting that. And I'm holding myself to that, you know. There's there's no reason for me to bitch and complain when I very purposely and adamantly agreed to the situation that I put myself in. And. That's, that's where I am, and that's why I'm not going to complain about it, <laughs> and I don't think anybody should, um, you know, if you are put into that situation, but I think that's, that's the thing, you know, that's such a rare thing to have someone be so upfront and, you know, raw with their emotion, you know, we usually hide this behind layers and layers and layers, and we continually lie, and we play games with each other, because it's fun, and we, you know, people want attention, people, people want a reason to wake up in the morning, people want that drive, and that's that's where all of that comes from you know you you look at people that you know habitually cheat on their partners and it makes you wonder you know is it is it you know out of lack on the partner's end or is it out of this insane insatiable want for attention out of the other person's end um and i, I think more often than not you're gonna find it's it's the latter and i i think that's just part of the reason that that love is so integral and such an important emotion you know it's it's what categorizes it's you know, it's what characterizes us as humans as, as homo sapiens you know uh, amongst other things we're gonna take a drink now though it's, it's <laughs> 20 minutes into the podcast and we're having our first drink can you believe it folks and we're actually coming out of that drink without really any stop at all um you know, at the end of these podcasts, I, I really do ask for viewer feedback because I, I believe this project is, you know, it it's limited. So 
um let, let me you know let me make it clear i'm not <laughs> i'm not using this podcast to further myself in life or or any of that bullshit um you know this is an eight episode podcast i'm not getting rich off this podcast i'm not becoming the next joe rogan um but what i am hoping to do is once again like i said earlier um last episode is you know dictate and kind of in an audio fashion visualize my my mental state for everybody so you guys can see what this is all like and um that's that's why i believe there needs to be this this raw truthfulness to it all you know this 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 absolute fucking just unedited just are you know of it all coming at you because i feel like that's the only way you guys can see it in in all reality you know as it actually is as as you guys can can picture this this guy getting trashed you know at his computer desk at one in the morning you know here chugging tangerine and mango white claws talking about <laughs> you know god knows what um and you know the the only way to really put you in that mind state is to be truthful about it all be truthful about the fact that i'm you know sitting here alone at one thirty three a.m on a wednesday technically thursday morning you know, reporting this, this podcast by myself, you know, um, and uh, along with that truthfulness, I feel like there, there even needs to be a truthfulness of breaks, you know, um, that, that I'm sitting here and I'm drinking and you're, 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 I mean, I'll remove the pauses, you know, that's, that's something I've come back on yesterday. You, you got the full remiss. You get to sit there and wait for me to take that entire sip. And now I'll, I'll admit that that may be a little remiss of me. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy to edit out those pauses for you, the people, um, so that you guys can continue to get the uh, the quality listening experience that you came here for. And along with that quality living experience, we're moving on to our next topic of today: um, carrying on with love. So I guess kind of still the same topic, subtopic, let's say, of self love. You know, I, I think that's that's really the the next step that's that's hard for us as human beings. Um, any human being for the most part you know i think there's a very limited amount of people that haven't experienced hurt or pain from someone they've loved um you know again be that you know a person of in eh, not a person of interest but be, you know be that someone you romantically care about or or otherwise you know be it a, a family member or just even somebody you just care about um we've all been hurt one way or another is what i'm trying to get at <coughs> And I feel like that impacts our own romance with ourself, you know, our, our own self-love. And I think that's something that's become more prevalent with this generation. You know, you're constantly hearing, you know, treat yourself, take self-care days, you know, love yourself first. And I think that's such an interesting concept to, to really hold it all to, this concept of loving yourself and loving what you're in, especially when you're in this depressive state, you know because you inherently hate yourself um and is it true hatred well that's you know i think that's debatable for some maybe but it's it's still that surface level hatred you know on the on the inside they you know i still feel like i hate myself you know is it real hatred even i would go back and forth in my own head on that you know there's there's so much to it things for it and things against it but either way, it's considered this this form of self-hatred. And the world is constantly telling you, you know, you need to love yourself before you can love someone else. And I feel to some degree that's, that's fucking bullshit. And it shouldn't be something that's said. 
you know, it, it, it makes people sit here and they try to fix themselves so hard. You know, there's so much effort and so much want put into fixing themselves because they, they know the, the one thing that's going to make them happy is having someone else in their life. And they're like, okay, well, if, if the steps that I need to take, you know, if A through Z to get to this, this, this final result of Z, you know, if I need to go through the alphabet to get there, then fuck it, I'll do it because I want to be happy and I'm tired of living in a state of self-despair. And I think love is one of those few motivators that, that, that can really even take the most depressed soul out, at least in my fucking, at least in my case. You know, I, I always found it to be that way, and I, I think it comes from that earlier talk I was having in this podcast about, you know, that, that the, the different kind of love, because... It's so easy to sit here and romanticize about somebody, even when nothing's happening. You know, in your head, you could make somebody seem like the greatest fucking human being, even though there's no evidence to support that. You know, we do that every single day with celebrities. What's to stop you to do it with somebody else? And, you know, I like I've said all of these podcasts, I, I find myself always putting up this wall you know, keeping this distance from, from the people I care about and my significant other. Um, not that I'm calling this current situation like that. It's hardly significant, you know. Um, this this was me talking to someone else and trying to see if there was interest there and there wasn't. And, ah, uh, you know, there's, there's interest on this end, but there's not interest on the other. And that's not something that I'm going to try to sit here and, you know, chase my tail on. But... I think it gets back to my larger point of, you know, romance being this, this thing that it is, because there, there have been other times where I will call it love, you know, there, there have been, you know, exes and former romances that, that ended fucking horribly on all but one occasions. And it, it makes you start to wonder, you know, am I cursed? Is this just, is this who I am? Like, am especially with this constant you know, talk about self-love, it's like, well, am I really just that incapable of loving myself, or is it that, you know, I've gotten to the state of being able to love myself, but I, I'm not truly there, or maybe I'm just cursed in this all, you know, maybe there's some outside force impacting it, and if, you know, I, I'm not the guy to tell you, because I, I don't even truly know for myself, you know, there, there there have been how many times where I sit here and even I wonder to myself, you know, what is this? What What is the issue that, that always causes this thing we call love to come crashing down on me? And it's something I find myself dwelling on a lot. And, you know, I, I think that's why I dwell on the topic so much in general. Because it's this this catalyst and this driving force for me. You know, it's the, it's the one few motivators. Um... I think that's something that's captured perfectly in a lot of memes, you know? Like, you see how many fucking memes about people, you know, talking about their trashy fucking roommate and being like, bro, I needed him to clean up, so <laughs> I made that fake Tinder account and I catfished him with a little date so he'd clean the fuck up. And I, I think, you know, as much of a joke as that might be, it, it, it shows you how much of a fucking motivator love is. You know, motivator is this huge, I mean, love is this huge motivator time and time again. You know, it's the few things that, you know, stereotypically, you know, men will fall to their knees for. I mean, hell, even in real life, you look at something like um, 
an OnlyFans subscription, you know, it's it's one of those few ways he, anybody can make a fuck ton of money because, you know, love romance and the, the fake guys that is, you know, lustful romance is that, that motivator and that drive for us all. You know, at the end of the day, we just all want to be loved and cared for and, and have a reason to be on this planet. And that's that's why love is such an important thing like it is. And this this constant need for self-love and this, this constant need for saying you must love yourself before you love others, I, I think I really hate when people say that because I think it puts this unfair, unrealistic expectation on that person that... You know, if things keep going south, it's because you're just not loving yourself hard enough. You just you just need to love yourself harder. Oh, she cheated on you? Love yourself harder. She didn't want you? Love yourself harder. When that's not the case, you know? Maybe they need to analyze something in, in their own psyches. You know, maybe they themselves are the one causing the issues. I mean, I think you, you, you know, everyone's always kind of at fault. You know, even in situations where, you know, I've been hurt and in my mind I've been wronged. I can I can admit now... You know, there, there, there hasn't been a single relationship where it's been 100% anybody's fault. You know, it's always this, this back and forth of, you know, whose fault is it? And, you know, in my mind, sure, on a few occasions, well, not said the majority of occasions, I'll say that it's not my fault, but that seems narcissistic to, to say that that has to be factual. You know, I don't know if that's factual. It's just what I myself believe. Um, and I'm not going to say it's factual because... You know, maybe I interpret things some way that, you know, she didn't. And that's a fair point that I think we genuinely have to look at. And I think everybody's relationships are like that. You know, I, I think there's a very minimum, minim, minuscule amount of relationships where, where somebody is actually truly 100% at fault, if that even exists, which I, you know, can't 100% say it does. Um, and that might even spur out <laughs> to the entirety of life, you know? Is there really any relationship, you know, where anybody's completely at fault? Look look at, like, employees being fired. It's like, well, you know, that employee did wrong, so he's at fault. But did that employee do wrong, or did he do wrong in your mind, you know? It's like, what if that employee had... Sure, let's let's say he had stolen, you know, office supplies. But what if he had to steal those office supplies so, you know, he could give his child the tools to give themselves an education, you know, to, to seek that, that educational need through the use of, you know, stolen office supplies. And, uh, you know, even if it's considered wrong you know it's wrong to steal even if there's a good cause behind it you do have to recognize there was a good cause behind it which makes it in my mind no longer 100 percent you know on that person even if it's 99.99 percent on that person you can put one you know that, that little 0.01 percent on the boss for not providing that level of income for that person to do that for their child and am I still saying it's wrong to fire that person? Well, I don't truly know. You know, I think that's really situational. But I think the overall concept is something we have to grasp and something we have to come to that, you know, these relationships, no matter how fleeting they may be, they're, they're impacted by how 
we as humans have loved in the past and how our relationships have been in the past and how most importantly I think our relationships growing up have been and uh, you know we see that over and over again I think with uh, you know with, with crime you know we see this this large gap um, this large statistical gap in, in violent crime and um, people that you know have had bad relationships with their mother or, or bad relationships with uh, females of power in their life and you, you see that spew out into this, this sort of homicidal rage for a lot of people um, and it, it just kind of shows you that relationships are so impactful you know that they, they really do make that difference I mean hopefully for the majority of people not not onto uh, a homicidal rage but you know it's it's those initial relationships that cause the the overwhelming depression anxiety that so many of us feel and uh, you know some people might think this is a stretch some people might think this is me reaching but I th- I, I would come back at you with this this rebuttal that you know maybe it's the ketamine you know maybe this this new level of just being able to accept what life is you know look at me right right i sound so happy even though i'm talking about like all of these depressing topics and even though well at least i think i sound happy i feel happy but i'm also kind of drunk so you know i'm at least buzzed i'm I'm a good oh six seven you know, white claws, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty buzzed. I've had some fries too, but you know, we're we're there. So, ah, sure, maybe it's the booze talking, but no, I think it's the me talking. You know, I, I think, I think it's the me being real with myself and finally being able to, to open up with myself that hey, you know, there's these problems, but fuck, dude, they're not your fault. I mean, obviously, you know, you have to, you have to learn to deal with the problems you know you have to learn to deal with them in a safe responsible manner you know you have to suck it up buttercup to some degree i'm not gonna say completely like that but you know to some degree you have to you have to learn to even be able to cope with it you know even if you don't want to suck it up you have to learn to cope with it you know it's it's the modern world and you know it's it's not like i'm saying you shouldn't learn to cope with it you you should you know unfortunately there there are traumas and i'm not saying having uh, a shitty childhood is inherently a trauma. Um, I don't think my childhood was inherently traumatic at all, but for some people, I'm sure it is. You know, I think the the trauma for me came in more mid. I think well, okay, not early childhood. I'd say it's more mid, but it had nothing to do with you know the, the, the people of my my family so much as the the people outside of that. But we'll we'll get into that later on. Um, you know, maybe in another episode, maybe when I'm a little drunker, maybe when the ketamine, um, you know, has me, me thinking more of an, an open state and, uh, being a little more okay with, with communicating those thoughts. But I, I think the, the fact that I'm even doing this now, you know, to some degree speaks volumes for the ketamine, you know, it's speaking for itself that, you know, I, this repressed antisocial person that I am, I'm sitting here you know, broadcasting how I feel twice a week to, you know, well, at the moment, a couple handful of listeners on Spotify, um, which I greatly appreciate, you know, I greatly appreciate every single one of you guys that tunes in for this, because 
it's been insane the catalyst that you know this this podcast has brought me you know as i've built these relationships with even the people listening to this podcast as as i've asked for your feedback as i've talked to people as people have you know told me how they've related to portions of my podcast how they found relief knowing that other people felt the same way or how it made them further think about it or how they even reached out to you know do ketamine because of what i've said um, and and what I've been able to share about it, you know, it's beautiful. You know, that, that was the goal with this podcast. Like I stated yesterday, there's there's so many goals with it, but that was one of the, the major standpoints for me is let me take in these, these, these huddled masses <laughs> to sound like Lady Liberty, uh, these huddled masses of the depressed, and let me take them in and show them that they're not really that different from everybody else and that we're all in this together and you know logically yeah fuck it logically there's there's always some reason to stick around but like genuinely even you know unlogically like in your mind like fuck there there actually is some reason to stick around but i'm I'm not gonna say it you know like the normal person where it's like ah dude you know fuck that no i'm just saying like you know you're not you're not alone in this you're not the only person that feels that way (laughs) fucking there's other people that feel that way too and there's there's more to it there, there's more to this dance that we call life and i think the ketamine is slowly starting to get me there i think it's definitely making me prog- more progressive and opening my mind up and making me the person you're you're hearing now through these podcasts because it's it's changed me you know i, I genuinely can say that i haven't felt as good as i do now in years like even though i feel pretty depressed i mean i'm a little bit of this like euphoric high from starting this podcast there's like like i've said you know how many times you know with the whole routines and focusing on those things it's like now i have this new thing to obsess over and this new thing to obsess over is this podcast but it's like a healthy obsession you know um because in each podcast i'm able to move towards more emotionally and work through more emotionally than every other podcast and i'm slowly getting to a higher and higher and like a better mental state at least hopefully you know like that's the that's the thought um and able to help more people which i guess feeds my narcissistic needs and uh, we it's it's just it's nothing but a catalyst of good you know i've seen nothing but but good sides to this ketamine treatment and I'm loving the way this podcast is it's driving me forward. You know, it's it's half the reason I got out of bed today. It's half the reason I, I drove the, the hour to my appointments today. Um, you know, half the reason I actually did all of that is because I wanted to go to this park and sit down and write and put my thoughts into writing for, for this episode, for episode two. Um, you know, I can tell you that none of this is scripted. All of this is real and raw. Uh, but I can also tell you that, you know, I have some talking points down, like I, n- nothing like too specific, you know, like I just have scratched down here, like love, you know, the word nostalgia, the word cinema, you know, these just general talking points, this, this little web of thoughts, um, well, it's actually more of a list, but you know, we can call it a web of thoughts and you know, that's <laughs> me sitting down with nature and thinking about it all and uh, sitting in the woods and listening to Andrew's podcast. That's half the reason I drove all the way out there and did what I've done today. And it's like this podcast and this relationship that I'm building with each and every single one of the viewers, it's as much as a romantic relationship, it's driving me forward. You know, this want for 
man, it's, it's genuinely, I genuinely feel like it's not a want for pure attention. It's this want to help. It's this want to better us all because, you know, I, I've always, I feel like everybody is, so I don't want to say I've been this kind of person because I feel like everyone does genuinely feel better when they give than when they get, but there's, there's not been a better feeling in my entire life than when I see somebody smile, you know, when I see, I can make somebody happy, I can make somebody laugh, I love that more than anything else, and, uh, you know, that, that might put you in a thought process of being, like, this, this guardian angel, and it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're, your mind always wants to save people, and you shouldn't, you know, that's not a healthy thought, you know, sure, maybe it's not a healthy thought, um, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not out here like fucking Moses, I'm not trying to save people, but, you know, if I can make it that little bit easier for someone to come home at the end of the night and not feel as alone and not feel as caught in this whirlwind of self-hatred and confusion, then I want to do that. Um, I want to be there for that person. And I hope that's something I'm able to express over the majority of these these episodes. Um, and I think we're going to be doing something very special in the next episode or in the next coming episodes. Um, something that's probably only going to happen once <laughs> amongst these eight episodes, but I think it's something that needs to happen, you know, to, to open up a different perspective. I, I think this, like, you know, ketamine, like, like any drug that, that I genuinely promote, um, <laughs> promote, I'm not promoting drug use. I mean, I am to some degree, but I'm also not, um, but I, I think we're all in it for some sort of betterment, and I think a lot of that betterment comes through perception. You know, I think it's it's not, you know, you, you can't tell me these shrooms are coming in and they're they're making your life any sh- less shit. You know, they're they're genuinely not. But what they are doing is they're giving you a different perception of the events, and and under that different perception and that way to conceptualize relationships, you're able to conceptualize it in a different way that you know you might be more atoned to just like some people you know some people are visual learners some people need to be shown something um where other people you know they can sit back read a book and they just you know clicks it understands they it makes sense in their head they're very you know analytical and i think it goes both ways and you know it's not just teaching it's it's in life and relationships and romance and love and nostalgia and all of it you know when i say relationship i don't just mean like a romantic relationship i mean you know a relationship at all you know with with literally any person you interact with that in and of itself is a relationship um and the relationship that i've built with you the viewer you know that's that's it's been a driving point of me this week and I, I hope it's something that carries me over to the rest of these episodes and I hope it's something that makes me, you know, stay consistent with these. You know, I hope I stay consistent with the quality that I'm trying to ensure with these. This has really been like such a passion project for me and I'm really able to put my full heart into it. And there's there's nothing that I want more out of these than, you know, quality. You know, again, we literally only have eight episodes. I, I only have six episodes left to really genuinely show everybody that listens to this podcast what my mind is like and that you know that puts a stress on me but a good stress you know a stress for for betterment and for quality and for being able to show you the viewer what what this is all about and um before i get any more repetitive which is something i've been trying to improve upon um let's go ahead and wrap up for this episode we're, we're about 43 minutes in that's that's pretty hefty for one of these um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up, you know, it's, it's, it's been great getting to, to chunk these all out, 
Um, gosh, I really do wonder if I'm ever going to show these to anybody that I, like, actually know. Um, or if that, that, <laughs> that, that random girl from high school ever gets to hear these. Um, you know, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But something we do know is this is the end of episode two of the Ketamine Chronicles. And hopefully I'll see you guys around next time for episode three. Uh, which once again will be coming out, you know, sometime around the next Disketamine appointment and uh, sometime the next, sometime around the next trip of it all, right? Uh, and we'll, we'll see you then. So without further ado, um, I guess good evening, good morning, or good night, you know? Sheriff out.